0: We are thinking this morning about that greatness of God as it is reflected in the truth of the Trinity, our triune God. Congregation of Jesus Christ, today is Trinity Sunday. The church, as a uh, uh, general, uh, looks at particular things. Christmas, Easter, uh, Pentecost, Ascension. and, And to take a Sunday to reflect on the Trinity is also... Uh, a wonderful thing. It gives us that special focus of God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and that we together, too, wouldn't wouldn't be involved trying to, oh, exactly what is it, uh, three and one and one and three, but that we would more have a sense of the greatness of our God. That's really what's involved in, in recognizing and holding strongly to the reality that God is, is triune, Father, Son, and Spirit. He is triply great, And as we see that, we are triply blessed. Psalm 29 ties beautifully into that. Maybe uh, you didn't catch it right away. Let me just highlight for you as as that psalm begins. It says very deliberately three times, not once, not twice, but three times, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. And that sense of of giving God praise in, in a triple way, in a triune way. And so right there, even in Psalm 29, you have that sense of of God is so much more. And and it focuses in on different aspects that we can even tie into the Trinity when it says, first of all, ascribe to the Lord a, a great strength. And that great strength is evident in the creation, in all that's made, and in, in how the whole creation is held by God's hand. You would say, my, oh, my, God the Father... This is my Father's world. What a beautiful thing. He provides the rain that we need after the planting. That's so amazing, our God. We see his greatness in that. At the same time, it also adds his glory. Ascribe to the Lord glory. The glory due his name. And when we think about the glory of God, we think about Jesus most specifically. And when it says... In John 1, verse 14, that the word became flesh, being Jesus, made his dwelling among us. And then it says, we have seen his glory. And so in that, we see the glory of God, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, so we have the sense of the greatness of the Father, but we have even more, the added sense of his glory in Christ, coming as our Lord and Savior. And so that sense of who God is and in his redeeming, saving greatness, he becomes even greater to us. Finally, it says, ascribe to the Lord uh, glory in the splendor of his holiness. And the focus moves to his holiness. And we see his holiness expressed in the Holy Spirit and the holy spirit is evidence of the holiness of god as it gets poured out into our living that it it, it sanctifies our lives it, it it takes what it is is good and godly and by the spirit it implies it in our hearts and we seek to grow in that spirit and become more holy and in that we glorify god and we declare his holiness so so you have romans 1 verse 4 where it says uh, that uh, who, through the Holy Spirit of holiness, that's Christ, was declared with power to be the Son of God, and the Holy Spirit continues to give us faith in Jesus and continues to guide us in living for him and growing in holiness. So, Psalm 29 Gives that, that triple sense right away, an expanding vision of who God is. And as David is writing this psalm, that's what he's trying to do. And he is starting to use that, that greater sense that we know more, but still that sense of God is, is great in, in his creating, in his redeeming, in his holiness by the Spirit. That builds on just a, a total biblical picture of who God is. We have the, the understanding of who God is from the whole Bible as it lays out these aspects, these persons of God. And when we enter into that greatness, then our understanding triples right away. Think, oh, you believe in God. Yeah, but that's Father, Son, and Spirit. Oh, that's so much more. And then the height that God is, his greatness, his importance takes more and more presence. And then we ourselves are blessed with the assurance that God created us, that God saved us from our sins, that God works in us by his spirit. So the greatness of God as we hold and confess the Trinity is a rich blessing and a strong encouragement in our faith. So that, first of all, just to to set the tone for Psalm 29, it is a very Trinitarian, celebrative psalm. Now I'd ask you, how can we enter more fully into this, this understanding of the greatness of God? How can we just celebrate that more and live that out more? Do you know how? It says in the psalm seven times how we can do that. It says, the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. We need to hear the voice of the Lord in order to have the the greater sense of what he is doing and continues to do and so we need to listen to this voice the voice of the lord well well where do we hear that voice and the psalm points out three places where we hear that voice first of all the voice in creation verse 3 and 4 very much expressing just to all of the things in creation, the sense of, of over the waters in verse 3, the sense of Genesis 1 verse 2 where God spoke and, and by the Spirit too, over the waters and everything came to be. And we, we reflected on that at our WE event a few weeks ago, to creation and what God spoke into being. And as we see the creation, we need to continue to hear his voice the amazing creation that speaks the voice of god in its complexity things like a banana in in all of the things that we see around us how god has created and holds all things what what do we understand when we see that when we engage that we need to recognize god there that's When we give him the glory, do his name. And to enter into creation, to go for a walk, to, to be busy in the garden, to be in the field, to hike in the mountains, to spend a day at the lake, is to hear God speaking to you. To be open to that, be aware of that, to recognize his glory and his greatness. So often we don't pay any attention we are not out much at all. We just are doing our work and we are sitting behind a computer. We are not engaged in what God is doing. There's no sense of his greatness. So, so the initial application too, make sure you get out even this summer. Make sure you you take the time to enjoy God's good creation. Take the opportunity to See and hear the voice of God. Next Sunday, Barb and I, we're going to be up in the Slave Lake area. And just an interest of ours, some of you know, is the birds and the bird migration. And there's a migration now, and and there's a bird banding station just on the east shore of Lesser Slave Lake. And so we hope to be there next next week uh, and spend a few days. And just all these beautiful little warblers come through, colorful, yellow, green, red, blue. And you can just sit and watch them and and what do you see? You see the greatness of God, and so you hear the voice of God, and you enter into it, so that is very much part of god's presence in creation to us as the Father. The second place where we hear god's voice is in his redeeming love that's expressed here when the voice becomes a little more harsh when it says here, too, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars, the cedars of Lebanon. What it's meaning there is that God, by his voice, breaks into our lives when we fall into sin. And the picture here is of the cedars of Lebanon were used to build a palace of Solomon and the temple and to give God glory. But on the other side, people would take these things, these were precious woods, and then they would would seek just to build up themselves and that they would build themselves fancy houses. And Habakkuk talks about that and says too, you forget about God and you are just building up fancy things for yourself. And so that presence of sin, the voice of God comes against that, seeks to break into that sense of, of personal pride, and arrogance denying God, and that God breaks in and says, repent. Because what what we build up will, will not last. It will break down again. But we read in 1 Peter 1, verse 25, the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that is preached to you. This word of God that stands tall and strong, stronger even than the cedars of Lebanon, the greatest tree, the redeeming love of God. So that reality, a warning, a call to repent, even when it says a little later on that the word of the Lord shakes, twists even the mighty oaks, a very strong tree, that that all that, that we do without God will be laid bare will be shown for what it is and so often our lives get caught up in oh i'm just busy i'm busy i'm going i'm doing i'm and 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 from early to late and god is not present anywhere and all of our effort is wasted so we need to do our work with the sense of god's presence his blessing we can work hard absolutely but god needs to take the center and needs to always be our hope and our strength. And his glory should be our focus, even and especially in our work. And so that reality, calling to our culture today, that draws us away, and we need to hear God's voice and return to him. So that's what the psalm is saying. See God in creation, hear his voice, see him too, as as he calls you away from these things that hear you from him and that he would have you return his redeeming love calling out finally uh, it says the sense of God working in us his holiness by the spirit strengthening his people verse 11 there is a real sense of the spirit uh, testifying to our spirit Romans 8 verse 16 The Spirit himself testifies with our spirits that we are children of God. That sense of Psalm 29, where it says in verse 11, he gives strength to his people, that that we would have that, that deep spiritual center, apart from anything we do, that we would have the assurance, I am a child of God, and that you and I would hear that voice because so often we in our lives realize we're not worthy and then and then we wonder or something has happened and and we know we know we've sinned and and we are we are really just wondering too does god really love me am, am i worthy of his attention and the spirit that would strengthen and speak to our hearts is the encouragement that we need The reality of the Spirit, even at Pentecost, when Peter in Acts 2 preached the word of salvation to the first uh, group gathered there, and 3,000 were saved. How could they be saved? They had crucified the Savior. But the Spirit spoke to them in their sin, in their unworthiness, and they heard his voice, and they responded in faith. And so again, too, to us, we have that sense of, of the Spirit speaking to us, and that we would also, by the Holy Spirit, help us, uh, let the Holy Spirit help us stand strong in our faith and stand strong against sin, and that together too, we would hear the voice of the Spirit guiding us as we look to serve our God, our Savior. One final thing bringing just in the, the truth of John 16. In John 16, um, you have one final aspect of of what it is to see the greatness of God, to see him in creation, to see him in his saving work, to see him by the Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But then never to lose sight of that God is one, that God is one God, And that's what Jesus is saying in John 16, as he talks about the Spirit coming, as he talks about how he, the Spirit, will guide in the truth. And then especially in verse 15, he says, all that belongs to the Father is mine, so there's the Father. So everything that belongs to the Father belongs to Jesus, they are one. That's why I have said, the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. So the Spirit takes all of what's in the Son and makes it known. And so there's, there's a, a, a unity, there's a continuation, there's a Father, Son, and Spirit. They're not doing separate things. They're all focused on that redeeming work that God is undertaking. And so that reality of God's oneness is also very much a comfort and a strength to us, as we recognize, too, that that there are are differences that we confront, that there are situations where, where we feel, too, one way, and someone else feels another way. And we wonder at times, too, how can we work that out? You have the Father doing certain things. You have the Son doing various things. You have the Spirit doing the different things. How can they all work together? They all do. And in the similar sense, the understanding of this one God in three persons is that we would be one. That's a huge witness to who this God is, and that we would be one united in serving this great God, coming together too in faith, as a church, in our differences, yet coming together in God's love. Serving him, thankfully, together. So that's, that's an added emphasis from John 16 that Jesus brings out also in John 17, his high priestly prayer, where he says, we are one. And so that sense of serving God, a triune God, you think, oh, that's confusing, the three. No, it's understandable, and it brings us back to being one ourselves. Just an application specifically in terms of the office bearers who are serving and taking up their work. We have the blessing of seeing our great God provide these office bearers who were installed today to have us think through their installation in the idea of, of the Trinity. They can each take comfort in knowing that God the Father created them with particular gifts to serve, to help, to lead, to serve. And those gifts, as affirmed by the congregation, are to be used for the glory of God. So we see God the Father at work in their lives. But what if they mess up at times? What if things happen and things aren't going so well? We have God the Son, who for all of us, when we mess up, we can go to in humble forgiveness, seeking His grace, and and we can be forgiven. And so to serve a church, to serve in these roles, to serve under Christ who forgives and gives us grace so that we can receive it ourselves and be gracious with each other is, is a huge part of taking the triune God and applying his presence, his truth to our lives. We can go to Jesus and be forgiven. And you add to that as well, by prayer and the Holy Spirit, each office bearer can be assured when they confront a worrying situation, a place where they're unsure what to say or do, that the Spirit will provide. And those who have served will know that, and those who are starting out too. You you wonder sometimes, what exactly do I do here? What exactly do I say? But by the Spirit, continuing to lead and guide, we can be sure God will work in wonderful ways, and I've seen that often in the work of ministry, in the work of counsel, and shared that together as elders, youth elders, and deacons. So you get a sense, I hope, of of how the triune God, holding to our faith in a triune God, continues to expand our understanding of his greatness and of how blessed we are to have that truth at the center of our faith. It makes our life, our faith, rich and deep, strong and sure as we seek to live for the glory of God, all of us together in his greatness and love. Amen.